It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had as much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. It's the RSM Classic this week. The ladies wrap it up with the CME Group Tour Championship. We're going to talk to Naples, where the CME is being played, because our guest today is Chantel McCabe. Uh, I'm live from Sea Island, and my voice sounds a little funny. The Pro Show takes one more trip in 2022. And even though it's the last week for all this golf, we got plenty to talk about. Wade, light it up. Give me the peppers. Friday afternoon. I'm down in Sea Island, Georgia. Uh, how are you up there, my friend? There, Mr. Wade Weezer. I'm good. How's your weather there? It's um, it's not nearly as cold as yours, but it is unseasonably cold here. Um, the uh, the bundle up factor, the layering uh, that's going on on the golf course is pretty humorous to watch. Um, <laughs> just even in the even in the media center, the things that people are pulling out. Um, the big puffy jackets and everything. The volunteers are really where the comedy is because, you know, they're all locals here to St. Simon's Island and Brunswick, Georgia and everything. Right. So um, the fact that yesterday morning, I think when I got over to the golf course around 730, maybe eight o'clock, it was mid 40s and breezy. Um, oh. Not pleasant, not pleasant. And, you know, oh. it's it's a picturesque place, Sea Island, and I've been here many times throughout my PGA career, um, taking groups down uh, year after year for a National Pro-Am Invitational. And it is one of the most picturesque spots on the world on the Atlantic Ocean. But if the elements are not in your favor, uh, it also makes it one of the harshest places. And one of the golf courses that they play this week, they play two of them, but one of them is called Seaside. And it takes you right out to a point that is completely unprotected. There are no trees. It's just dunes and golf course. And the guys that played there yesterday, whew, they had to be cold. Um, it was, I mean, it was, it was brutally cold. On the range itself, it's right there on the Atlantic Ocean. I, I took some pictures this week. I've been posting them on social media. And I tell you, it is, it's, it's like 10 degrees colder there than it is out on the golf course. Uh, it's just totally exposed. And it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful setting um, that faces west. You get the sunset, all this really cool stuff. But, man, it is cold. And um, I, I know I'm complaining about something that I know it's <laughs> colder up there. But, um, well, hey. You know, it, it's it's fun to watch the caddies. Um, you know, some of them still have shorts on, and you're like, God bless these guys. But uh, for the most part, it's beanie season. Um, the things that the players are wearing to try to keep warm and at the same time, like, be able to play and swing. And um, you know, I, I saw one guy, he was wearing, like, a puffy jacket, and then as he walked up to his ball to hit it, he'd take the jacket off, lay it on the ground, and then he'd hit the ball, and then he'd, and he'd put the jacket back on. Oh, I'm like, man, think about it. Man. I mean, it's cold, man. It's cold. And uh, it doesn't seem to hurt the scoring, though. That's for sure. So we'll, we'll jump right into that, that leaderboard right here while we're talking about it. Um, Cole Hammer, the Texas graduate, uh, junior golfer that uh, I've seen play many times before, uh, he showed up yesterday. He shot eight under, 64 on the plantation course, which is the second of the two courses. 
Um, in second place is Ben Griffin, guy who was leading out there in Bermuda a couple weeks ago. He was seven under 65. Uh, Bo Hostler and Callan Tarum. Now, that he, they both played out on Seaside. Of the top 16 um, places yesterday, only four guys played on Seaside. That's how, that's how brutal it was out there. It was like 1.6 shots harder than Plantation. And normally one plays harder and easier than the other. But really yesterday with the elements and everything, it right. was uh, it was quite the stark difference between the two. Some notables, you had uh, Webb Simpson yesterday buying drinks. He's tied sixth, um, five under 67, but he had a hole in one on the third hole on Plantation. So, um, yeah, 215-yard par three guy hits hybrid, and uh, and he hoops it um, under, like, really, really cold conditions. Uh, Justin Rose tied 17th, four under. Zach Johnson, our Ryder Cup captain in Rome next uh, next year, three under 69. He's also resident down here at Sea Island. Uh, Kevin Kisner from the President's Cup, two under 70, former champion of this event. Set the scoring record here. Uh, quick, quick story. So your tournament host and longtime resident here was Davis Love the Third, and Davis. Uh, I caught him out on the range on Wednesday night hitting some balls, and I said, "Man, that's that's pretty cool." So I looked up on my phone and I was like, "This guy's fifty-eight years old, and he's out hitting balls the night before round one that he's going to play in a tournament that he's hosting." And he looked like he was hitting them fine and everything. I the next morning, Thursday morning, I'm got, I'm out on the range and I'm watching all these guys try to warm themselves up. And Davis is there. He hits a couple wedges, and then he pulls out a, a fairway wood. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that, that seems like a, a jump for, for a young guy, let alone Davis, right? He hits one swing with the, with the three wood, throws it back in his bag, uh, picks up his bag, and walks off the range. I said, that doesn't look good, right? And he's like holding his wrist. And uh, a minute later, PGA Tour Communications got the word. Uh, he would, the, the host was out. You know? wow. and there was a, wow. there, there, yeah, there was a lot of speculation in the media center that maybe he was just too cold and he'd rather do other things with his two days. Yeah, but, uh, sure. but uh, it, I mean, it did seem a little suspect, but if I hadn't seen him the night before hitting balls, then I, I, I it seemed like he cared or maybe he was testing something out. I don't know. But um, it's a shame to see him not be able to play. Uh, 85 guys under par of this 156-man field uh, overall. Um, they're back out there today. Uh, you'll see it this afternoon on the Golf Channel, and you can watch on ESPN Plus the coverage. Obviously, extending into this last week of the season, I think it's it's week number forty-seven for the PGA Tour, uh, mm-hmm. of which you know we've done plenty of these shows remotely at this point, Wade. So I, um, you know, I'm pretty happy that they're shutting it down. And and you know who else is shutting it down? Are the ladies down at the CME Group Tour Championship? They actually used the calendar year for their schedule and they started back in late January and they are having their 31st event of the year uh, of which our guest today Chantel McCabe my co-host on bet online's Tita Green uh, she's down there covering the event for the LPGA and Sirius XM she has her own show there every Wednesday night for a couple of hours uh, she's going to call in in a little bit and she and I are going to chat about what's going on there to wrap up the LPGA tour with the ladies and, and shine a little light on What's going on down there? It's a big deal. Um, we'll talk about this more with her, but it's a $7 million purse, which I know with Liv and everything else that goes on in this world, it doesn't seem like a lot of money. But uh, for the ladies, a $2 million first place check is the largest ever in professional women's golf. And the $7 million purse is not the largest, but there's only 60 ladies there. It's their season-ending tour championship. So you need to be in the top 60 in the points race in right. order to get to get in. They're down in Naples. Um, 
which I guess in November makes more sense as long as there's not a hurricane or something. Um, first place, Lydia Ko, of course, right? She's up for player of the year. She has the scoring um, uh, trophy wrapped up. She is two wins this year. She shoots seven under 65 yesterday. No surprise there. Number two, Danielle Kang, six under 66. You know, just an unbelievable comeback story there, just on a side. Danielle Kang, they found a tumor on her spine this year, and she's come back from that in order to play. And if you look at last week, you've got the comeback story of Nellie, who's now number one in the world, and um, she's playing well uh, yesterday. She shot four under, 68, tied sixth. But, you know, she had the blood clot in her arm. She missed a couple of months. Um, just some really kind of cool stories here as we wrap up the year. Tied 23rd, you've got Minji Lee. Um, she's also up for player of the year. She has the money title right now. Not wrapped up because there's a $2 million first place prize. But uh, she's at, she shot one under 71. Jin Young Ko, uh, the longtime number one player of the world who's been battering, battling a wrist injury. Uh, tied for 35th. Um, even par 72 yesterday. And then you've got Lexi Thompson, um, the other big name that's down there. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of big names down mm -hmm. there on the LPGA Tour. But everyone always asks how Lexi's doing. She's tied 48th. She shot two over 74. And, you know, it's kind of been interesting because last week she was in competition against Nelly on the final day on Sunday at the Pelican Women's Championship. And she came in second place. And then she shows up at the Tour Championship where she's had some success playing before. And she shoots 74, which seems kind of random. I mean, her season, I've been trying to put this into perspective, and, and I'm going to ask Chantel this later, but she's had, she's had a number of top 10s in 17 starts, and she's missed some cuts. She's had a very, very up and down season. And I wonder what Chantel thinks about that, but we'll ask her in a little bit. Um, 34 players under par, the golf course, Tiburon Golf Club, the gold course down there, Greg Norman Design. We'll be, we'll be back down there in about a month or so for the QBE shootout, talking about that as well. Uh, the ladies have three more rounds to go as well as the men. And, uh, you know, speaking of December, my friend there, Mr. Wade Weezer, yes, right? We got to talk about my boy, Tiger Woods, because he announced while you were away last week that he's going to play in the Hero World Challenge. Right. It also came out, which is his tournament in the Bahamas, which is the first week in December. Then it also came out that he's playing this match with Rory as his partner against JT and Jordan Spieth. And that's on December 10th. Now, we all know the PNC parent-child is played the weekend before Christmas, which would be the next weekend. And he's not telling Charlie no that he's not going to play in that, although he hasn't committed yet. Although everyone in the media center here has already made their plans to be there, so they know that you know, they think that he's going, there. he's going to be there, right? We're talking about a guy who hasn't played golf in roughly, I don't know, seven, in the, in the last 700 days, he's played what, three tournaments? He played the Masters for four rounds. He made the cut. We all got excited. Then he went to Tulsa. I saw him there and he had to withdraw because it got cold. Played three rounds there and then he missed, you know, he didn't go to the U.S. Open and then he went to the Open Championship he played two rounds there, missed the cut, and he was done. So he's played, what's that, uh, seven, nine rounds. And he didn't play at all in 2021 because of the accident. The last time that he played prior to the Masters this past year was the 2020 PNC with Charlie. And then he had back surgery, and then we didn't see him again. And then the car accident happened. I mean, this guy's played nine rounds in 700 days. And now he's about to play three times in a month. 
He's uh yeah, and now he's doing nothing but play golf. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm, all right, you know, I'll tell you what. I um let's take a quick break because I want to get into this and I want to get a little bit more on the Hero World Challenge. Um and I want to be good to you and the sponsors before you start yelling at me. Oh, That's for you. sure. So before we do that, of course. You know, I'm on the road, so I got to find things here. All right. Oh, hey. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. The Inspiration Golf Range, located on the Lions campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Bernard's Township, is the new home site of golf programs for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs. Open to the public, proceeds from the Inspiration Range will support foundation programs and events. To learn more, visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732 Four six five, one two, one two. There's my music. It's three fifteen p.m. here in Sea Island, and it's cold. Thanks for listening to ESPN nine twenty. I'll be back in a moment with more pop culture golf's current events. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. The Inspiration Golf Range, located on the Lions campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Bernard's Township, is buzzing as the new home site for golf programs in support of youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs. Led by PGA professionals, PGA Hope, helping our patriots everywhere, is a weekly rehabilitative golf program for veterans that is changing and saving lives. Special Olympics New Jersey golf athletes will be trained and competing at the Inspiration Range throughout the fall season, and a lineup of youth programs will also be on the schedule. The Inspiration Golf Range is open to the public and proceeds support the New Jersey Golf Foundation programming. To learn more about programs and special events, please visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. Well, Mr. Wade Weezer, hey, a little Georgia band. I like this. I love my, I love a little REM. Let's go. This takes me back to high school. Love it. REM, for those that don't know, UGA's finest back there in Athens, um, 80s, 90s, uh, doing their thing. And uh, I appreciate that, my friend, one of my favorite bands from back in the day. And obviously one of our favorite players to talk about, Tiger Woods. Let's get back into this conversation. So he's hosting the Hero the first week in December. And then he has this match, and then he's playing with Charlie. He's going to play three times in the month of December. Now, a lot of people are being hesitant to say that, well, you know, these are kind of – you know, he rides in a cart and, you know, well, the Hero he's going to walk four rounds, but it's the – it's. The Bahamas, how hilly could it be, right? right. And then he's going to play in a cart for 12 holes in this uh, bromance match that he's having. You know, I, the, 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 um, the four guys there, I think for the first time, Turner Sports in the match, you know, now in addition seven, they've got four competent players who actually like one another. So they might talk to, talk to each other. There might actually be some, some chatter going on. I mean, the Jordan Speeds there, he'll talk to anybody. But I mean, overall, it's, uh, I think that I think that that's going to be fun to watch for 12 holes, but he'll be cruising around in a cart, and then he's got 36 holes with Charlie a week later in a cart. Um, should we be excited about Tiger? Uh, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, Mr. Wade Weezer. I think this is a sign of things to come. Um, do I think that he's going to play uh, like a full schedule at some point in 2023? Of course not. That's not what I'm saying, but I think that we're going to get some appearances outside of the major championships. You know, and, and we have. We have kind of 
a tough walking um, weather related major schedule next year. You know, he's going to go to Augusta. Augusta is what it is. Every time he tees it up there, he's got a chance to win. But then you guys got to go, go to Oak Hill in Rochester, New York in May for the PGA Championship. Tulsa, it was 90 and then it was 50 and then he was gone. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We, we're going to have to hope for good weather in Oak Hill. But if the, I think if the weather is predicted to be good, it'll be there. U.S. Open in June in L.A. Sure, it'll be warm enough. L.A. Country Club I've played. The north course is hilly. Um, he'll have to be in good shape for that one. And then he, we will go over to the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool where he has won before one of his Open Championships. Uh, it's flat over there. He can handle that. Um, Genesis? He's got to play his own tournament in February. Probably the first time we'll see him after we see him with Charlie right before Christmas. Uh, the Players' Championship, I always think that's a great spot for him with all the support that he's lending to the PGA Tour these days. I would say, and that's a very easy walk, short golf course, flat right there. It's an easier walk than even Bay Hill. Um, maybe we'll see him there maybe six times next year. Maybe we'll throw in like a memorial or something like that. Uh, Jack's tournament, you know, throw a little homage or a little respect towards the Golden Bear and play in his tournament. But I think we can get somewhat excited about what Tiger's going to do. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where um, we have to really take advantage of when we do see him going forward. And it's almost to the point where people are talking more about the back being an issue than the leg. And you'd say to yourself, well, geez, if it, if the leg is fine, let's let's get back to where we were in 2019, but in 2020, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to take some time. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, the odds came out for the hero there, Mr. Wade Weezer. And, you know, I love to look at these boards from time to time, a little mm-hmm. read the line plug there, right? Um, and Tiger is a 33 to 1 odds favorite to win the event. Right now, the uh, the number one chalk favorite at this point is John Rahm, and he is six to one, uh, followed closely by Scotty Scheffler at eight to one, Xander ten to one, JT eleven to one. It goes on on down the line. I you know I was kind of interested that Tony Finau was higher on that list. He's eleven to one, and he sits kind of there above the first couple of names. Um, I almost feel bad for the guys that are below Tiger. I mean, Tiger hasn't he hasn't played much golf. They got they, Hideki's the same as Tiger, thirty three to one. Billy Horschel's thirty five to one. I mean, Billy Horschel won an event this year. The guy he played you know played on the Presidents Cup team. And uh, <laughs> speaking of which, Kevin Kisner is, is sixty to one. Man, they're throwing a little shade on these guys. I mean, if. I get that it's Tiger, but at the same time, you know, we just established the fact that in the last like thousand days, the guys only played like, you know, 10 rounds of golf or whatever it is. So it's um, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. They've got a really, really cool field there for the hero over there in Albany. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Looking forward to seeing Tiger tee it up again and, and play three times in December. Now, one of those times in December, his partner is going to be Rory. And Rory let it fly on your buddy Greg Norman this week because the uh, DP World Tour has their tour championship taking place, of which after two rounds, uh, we'll, get, we'll do a quick leaderboard here. Terrell Hatton is 12 under. Matt Fitzpatrick, your U.S. Open champion, he's 12 under. Alex Noren is in third at nine. John Rahm just uh, lurking there at minus eight. Um, he's in fifth place. Some other notables, you've got Tommy Fleetwood who won last week. He's tied eighth. Rory is tied 11th at uh, five under par. And this is all after two rounds. That's their top 50 players. They're over in Dubai and they're competing for their tour championship. But the press room 
was lit up earlier this week. And Rory was certainly one of the stars along with John Rahm, but we'll get to him in a second. But Rory was asked about, you know, continuing the talks of, you know, can Liv and the PGA Tour coexist in the same world? And Rory's comments were um, interesting. Uh, here we go. I think Greg Norman needs to go. Oof. Pretty, pretty, direct, pretty direct there, Wade. All right. He needs to exit stage left. Holy. Yeah. Look, he's made his mark, but now is the right time to say, look, you've got this thing off the ground, but nobody is going to talk unless there's an adult in the room who can actually try to mend fences. Whoa. Crazy. That sounds a little bit like uh, the world of politics a little bit this week. Yeah, you think, right? I mean, I, I mean, I know he's a shark, but he's still a grown man. You know, he's a, no adults in the room. Stage left. You're not an you non adult golfer. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, yeah, you know, to which Norman, you know, retorted, "Hey, you know, basically, stop picking on me." But um, you know, I mean, the whole. I mean, this thing just never quits. These guys are still battling it out. And, you know, I'm down here in Sea Island, which is only an hour from Jacksonville, which is where the PGA Tour headquarters is. So there's there's a lot of PGA Tour headquarter influence here at this event. It's still a conversation. And, you know, like speaking of which, it, and like the whole thing, it just keeps going back and forth where now because of Live, we've decided we're going to analyze every little specific aspect of the golf ecosystem. And one of the things that was looked at and has been challenged for now months because of live is the official world golf ranking system. And this was another question that Rory was asked about. And he says, what do you think about the changes? Now these changes were put in place and they were as advertised at the beginning of the year, but they started in August. And as of August, the point system has kind of been adjusted to how do people, uh, the men can, can earn official world golf ranking points. So to kind of give you an idea of what the difference is, they used to determine the strength of field there, Mr. Wade Weezer, because of the number of highly ranked players in the field. So if you right. were ranked in the top 200 in the world, there was a certain number of points assigned. So if there's a bunch of guys in the top 10, there were more points given than the guys that were 150 through 200. Okay, we get all of that, right? Awesome. But anyone, over, anyone in the field over 200, there were no points assigned. Now, there was a problem. All these other tours, they might not have people playing in them that are ranked in the top 200. So how do they, you know, how does the DP world or how does the Asian tour or how does the Corn Ferry tour, like how do these different tours get official world golf ranking points? So then the, the official world golf ranking system came up with a hierarchy where there's a standard number of points if you don't get those players in it. And what they found was that people weren't showing up for like the DP world tour. And then there was this set, number of points that they would get anyway. And they said, you know what? It should really just be based on who's there. It shouldn't be based on who's not there. So, and all of that makes sense. And everyone agreed with it at the, at the time that it happened, you know, th this announcement came out. But now that the numbers are starting to actually come to the forefront, you look at this week, the DP World Tour is having their tour championship. They only have 50 players there, but they have three of the top 10 in the world. They have 10 of the top 50 and 20 in the top 100 in the rankings. Okay. The RSM, where I am, have six in the top 50. So the lowest ranked player is 26th in the world. And they only have 25 of the top 100. Yet the RSM is almost double in strength of field over the DP World Tour. Now, if you think about it, it's because there's just more ranked players here. Right. And that's right. what they said they were going to do. 
and Rory came to defense of this. Um, the guys that are here at the RSM are like, well, if, if this is what they think is the best thing to do, I'm not going to argue with it. It makes sense to me. And it does, it does make sense in a way, but it doesn't make sense to our good friend, John Rahm, who is a very proud European tour member, DP World tour member, and also somebody that's you know competing to be the number one player in the world. And he wants as many points as he can get. Uh, the other day, he said, this system is laughable, laughable, laughable. Wow. The fact that their tour championship is earning them less world ranking points than the winner of the RSM. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure where to go with all of that, but uh, I think we'll hear about it some more. I just wonder what we're going to overanalyze next week in the golf ecosystem. It's unbelievable where we're going with all of this. And, you know, the only way you could put it all into perspective is to get an expert lined up and talk to them. And that's what we're going to do in the next segment. I'm going to bring on Chantel McCabe. We're going to call down Naples. She's down there covering the CME group tour championship. So up next, Sirius XM's Miss McCabe. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920, everybody. We'll be back in a couple. Is there a better feeling than winning a bet? Take it from a professional, a PGA professional like Keith Stewart. When it comes to wagering on golf, you need to know more than analytics. Stats are just a description of a player's habits. But what causes those habits to repeat? There are other elements you need to consider to raise your betting acumen. If you're the type of person who loves to learn and earn by wagering, then you must read the line. With an easy-to-understand newsletter format, in five minutes a week, you can bet with confidence, knowing the picks are made by a golf professional. Golf betting lacks an expert voice. Read the Line brings over 25 years of experience in the golf industry to every prediction. Players are not an exact science, and neither is betting. But when you consider the human element of the game alongside facts and figures, you'll be able to elevate your winning reputation. Go to readtheline.com to subscribe, read, and win. That's readtheline.com. you got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, I get a lot of that, too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. It's time to catch up with SiriusXM's Chantel McCabe. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. One of golf's great journalists, McCabe makes the most of every interview. She sets a strong standard in the sport, and for those scrubs who can't keep up, well, yes, she's just got no time for them. golf host with the most. Good afternoon. How are you, my friend? Doing well. I am bittersweet on site at the CME Group Tour Championship because we've had a really awesome season and some storylines I feel like we've been spoiled with. And I'm not just saying that because women's sports in general continue to grow and be supported. But um, I mean, we've got one of the best golfers in American golf history on the women's side. Uh, continuing to tear it up. We've got some great storylines, Lydia Ko, and I don't want it to end, but we have had a very satisfying and rewarding year. All right. Well, let's talk about the rewarding part. So they're making a big deal this week about the $7 million purse, $2 million for first place. Are the I'm, I'm always curious about this. Are the players talking about it as much as the media is talking about it? Yeah, I think they are. And it's like a catch-22 because there's only about half of the events on the LPGA schedule that their total purse is $2 million. So it definitely gets your attention for all the right reasons. But 
Uh, yeah, you know, there's been these social videos that they've posted of, you know, asking players what they would buy with $2 million, a lot of cars. Uh, Jin Young Ko said a Ferrari. I'm like, don't you have enough uh, zeros in your bank account to go buy one of those already? What are you waiting for? But uh, I do think we, we definitely played up. Um, and I've always wondered, do players even want to hear about that? Because that adds extra pressure with a smaller field this week with only 60 players. And, uh, yeah, so now, now you're really under the gun, so to speak, to perform at your best, uh, when that big 2 million to the winner is on the line. Well, that's kind of my point, right? Like, are the, do you think it's playing a role in how things will, how the drama will take place on Sunday? You know, do you think it's in the back of their heads? Because of course we're planting it all the time, you know, asking these social media questions, what would you do? And now all of a sudden, I mean, do you think that they're actually thinking about it or you, you think it's business as usual? Uh, I would say the people who have not had a bunch of zeros in their bank account are playing with a little more pressure. Somebody like Lydia Ko, I mean, yeah, that's that's not chump change, but she has 18 wins to her name. And yes, she is doing fine in the bankroll department. But uh, for somebody like Sophia Schubert, who's a rookie, and she had that runner finish at a major championship this year. So it's all about timing when you get uh, the big paychecks and perform your best, but that's life-changing money for several players in the field. But I would say for the most part, uh, a lot of the players, especially at the top of the leaderboard, um, who (laughs) have certainly done well um, over the course of their career might not be thinking about it as much as those that uh, would really be anxious to uh, maybe buy a house for the first time, for example. All right, we before we get before we get going even further. I got to ask you. So let's say on Sunday you won two million. What would you buy? Uh, I would buy my parents a home in Florida, so they would be forced to move down here because they still live in New Hampshire and they don't have a desire to move. Um, I'd pay off mine and my husband's student loans, but I don't really have a desire to have anything fancy. Maybe buy some farm properties so I could grow some crops and. Um, have a little neighborhood um, feast or something. But yes, I'm a little bit unconventional. I, I do not trust myself in a fast car. I don't want a nice purse, but um, give me all the good family stuff. And that is a nice reward for me. How about well, you? Tell you what. what are you doing? Um, uh, let's see. College for my kids. Let's just, let's yes. just do that. All right. That's probably right. like 1.5 million by the time right. they get there. Um, yeah. you know, I've been thinking a lot about you before this interview because the last two days it's felt like New Hampshire here in Sea Island. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's been unbelievable how cold it's been. But let's get back to the ladies for a second because I'd rather be where you are where it's warmer down in Naples. Um, a couple stats real quick. Six ladies so far this year earned over two million. 22 over a million and 50 plus over half a million is, you know, you kind of alluded to this when you first came on, but is that mean that, that this year's a success for the LPGA or how do you define success for the LPGA this year? Well, number one, I think they're still battling the fact that a third of their schedule is not in the United States. So there were several restrictions travel wise, and they're still feeling that even in this tournament of players that played in Japan only a couple of weeks ago, then came to Florida and then had to finish the season out here. Um, It's a lot more disjointed than than I think people talk about. And, you know, the PGA Tour has 
their flaws, so to speak, of especially in the fall portion, you know, you're bopping all around and um, they took a trip overseas. But specifically when it comes to the LPGA, uh, you're managing a, a lot more cultures. And I think that that is a difficult task. And now Liv has entered the conversation, or I should say in the Saudi-backed Aramco series, which um, is another point of a conversation we can have another time. But I, I sympathize with Commissioner Molly Marcusman. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you how I feel, frankly, but She's got a lot of moving parts in a supercharged time in golf. So with these monster purses, I mean, if you look at what, ha- what they gave at the U.S. Open, Women's Open this year, uh, these strides they've been pushing for, and I don't think they'll ever be completely equal, but uh, certainly you cannot uh, kind of brush away the progress. There, There is a ton of movement forward, and that – is only in part with the purses. The Epson tour, for example, has done incredible work at the grassroots with everyone who graduates from the Epson tour to the LPGA automatically gets $10,000 so they can fund their travel. That right there is actually growing the game and making a difference and putting money where it counts. You know, one of the things that I think made the LPGA successful this year, and you got to always remember, I'm a golf pro, right? I love to play golf. I love to teach golf, green grass. The venues have been really, really good, and they continue to be elevated, right? That that famous word we keep hearing all the time. But the fact that they played Muirfield and the, flat, the fact that they played Congressional, that was great. Next year, we're going to get Pebble Beach. But I, I feel like you combine the money with some real venues, and I think that um, – you know, Molly Marcusaman and her team has to feel pretty good about where they are. I mean, there's some superstars that are there. There's no doubt about it. And um, they just, you know, for a lot of like a lot of us, they just need more eyes on the product in some ways. Yeah, that's something I've been pushing for. I mean, it, it's a conundrum. I mean, even on PGA Tour Radio, which I love being the host of a Sirius XM show and make a conscious effort to discuss the best players in the world on the men's and the women's side. Um, and it, it just like every other sport, but it shouldn't be that way in golf, but there's this separation like the men's game and the women's game. Why don't we just talk about some fabulous golf? And part of that is because the stats aren't there to back it up, but it's, it's the catch 22. What came first, the chicken or the egg? If you don't see it, you don't know about it. If you're not exposed to it, you have to go seek it. So it's this chain reaction and the LPG is aware of it. They just brought on a new marketing guy who has actually a background in hockey You'll love that. And so I think that we're starting to see not just with the commissioner change, uh, some staffing changes. There's going to be a new era that really embraces what's happening culturally with companies that are finally willing and able to spend this money. I mean, you want to talk about some progress. Uh, The Annika, we're going to have a namesake event for the best player in the women's game ever, finally on the LPGA starting next season at the Pelican. And I mean, that golf course, it was basically just born a few years ago, going from a Muni to being bought by the Doyle family who are all in on women's golf. My one gripe is that we need a match and I'm not going to, I will die on this hill. I don't care how annoying I get. How are we having all these matches, which are, wait for it, uh, hit and giggles and money grabs for the players, albeit there's a charity component, and we do not include the women. Don't tell me about growing the game. Don't give me the lip service until that happens. Thank you very much. 
Chantel, you're preaching to the choir, right? Um, the, the one thing that kills me about the matches is that there's so much dead air, right? In between shots. And then the, you can't expect that these guys that are individual athletes to carry the broadcast. And I don't want to listen to Charles Barkley anymore. Let's make there an undercard. I mean, that's why they have boxing set up like that. Let's let's put together. I, it doesn't even have to be a mixed match. It could be, you know, Nelly versus Lexi. And in two and Minji and we could throw in Lydia and then they could they could be playing at the same time and then we could go back and forth and it would fill more theater. I, I, hey, listen, the two of us are on that hill together. You know what I mean? We're up there having a good time. Uh, I, I'm totally with you there. I love this Pelican thing though with the Annika because uh, everyone's like, well, what's with what's with Pelican Golf Club? What's with what's going on down there? They're going to have the match in a month. They just had a, a really nice LPGA event there last month, and I'm like. Folks, do you know golf? Fred Ridley is a member there. This place is a place, right? They're, they're making a statement about growing the game, and I love how excited you are about that. Now, going back to Pelican, talk to me about Nelly, all right? Because I know everyone's going to say that, like, Tiger's the comeback story of the year, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? He didn't really play this year. Like, I mean, she's back to number one after – I'm not going to say a life-threatening injury. I'm not going to go hyperbole, but she had a pretty major comeback this year. How exciting was last week watching all that play out? Talk to me about Nelly. Yeah, well, I'll kind of circle around a few things here because, of course, this is a great focal point because she is back to number one now. I don't know how long that's going to last because it's very likely she's going to lose that to um, a few different players that have the possibility to overtake her. But Ultimately, uh, it is nothing short of impressive, and I don't think we give enough credit to her. I mean, four months off and not knowing your body. I mean, she she went from, I mean, that beautiful swing, knowing her swing, knowing her body thoroughly, or so she thought. And then when everything changes on you, I mean, I haven't been pregnant, but I can imagine those kinds of similar kind of -of out-of-body experiences where it's like, I've been doing this over and over again, and that specific thing doesn't happen or doesn't work any longer. Like, how do you navigate that? So uh, I I picked her brain a little bit about that, and she said it was like relearning her body and her movements because, uh, as we know, the slightest changes in golf, whether that be hands, back, wrists, those things make a magnified difference on the golf course. And so – I'm glad that you're giving her credit, and I, I wish more people did. It is no small feat that she got back up there. Now, there's a couple of other injuries happening. Uh, the fact that Danielle Kang had a tumor. I mean, we've had some wacky things happen in women's golf. And, uh, oh, by the way, Jin Young Ko, who played and won this very event that we are at this week, couldn't didn't even play much in the Pro-Am and was hardly even warming up in route to successfully defending last year and with a lot on the line becoming player of the year. And so that wrist is still hurting. And she's even said that she's pushed through it because, you know, she knows she's playing her best. So she doesn't, she's, it's like, once again, a catch 22, if I'm playing my best and I know I can play well, I don't want to take the time to rest because I don't know if I'll ever get that again. I mean, it's like capturing that lightning in a bottle and capitalizing when all the pieces come together. So uh, it's actually really interesting how the injuries have really been a difference maker and a big piece of what's happened on the LPGA throughout the season. You know, I, 
I'll raise my hand. I'm, I'm definitely a homer when it comes to golf, right? Nothing would make me happier than to see Nelly dominate, right? And then shine a brighter light on the LPGA. And I, you know, I know that people would say, well, like, well, you know, there's some South Korean stars and everything. That's fine. But I'm an American and I think it would be really cool if she was like Tiger and she like dominated and took over. And I think that that would be really neat. I couldn't be more excited to see her come back. And Danielle Kang is another great story. You talk about player of the year, Jin Young Ko last year, right? We've got an interesting race this year between two ladies. You, it, it's almost like a, a, a tale of two, two years because in the beginning of the year, all of a sudden it was Lydia Ko. And then in the middle of the year, it was Minji Lee takes over. And then all of a sudden, it's Lydia Ko again. And then, you know, of course, she's leading after round one yesterday with another one of her, the reason why she has the scoring title locked up, right, this year. But in your mind, because you do cover it week in and week out, and I totally, I, I want to hear your opinion on this. Is it Minji or is it Lydia? Forget the numbers of the LPGA. In your opinion, who's the player of the year? Mm, putting me on the spot. And to be fair, it's like I have these peaks and valleys of when I really get to dive into LPGA and watch as meticulously as I would like, as you know, kind of the PGA tour workload and our gambling stuff. It takes a uh, priority sometimes, but uh, from the tournaments that I've gone to and, you know, just talking with people who are out here on a regular basis, um, Minji Lee is not getting enough credit because Lydia Ko has put together what is, believe it or not, her best season uh, with two wins and 11 more top tens. That kind of consistency is unheard of. I mean, nobody else on the men's game, men's side is doing that. And you might have to back up to Tiger Woods to find uh, numbers like that uh, with that kind of consistency. So what Minji Lee did, especially in the major championships and uh, specifically that finish at Pine Needles, I don't think we talk about enough, but <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to compare. I mean, I'm trying to think of a, a good comparison on the men's side of like apples and oranges when both are so good. Um, but I think Lydia might, might have a slight edge. And of course, if she wins this week, then the story book is over and uh, we know who it is. Yeah, whoever wins this week, by all means, they're the player of the year. That's for sure. If it's one of those two, um, Lydia, two wins. She's got the scoring title locked up. Minji Lee, two wins, but a major, and she's got pretty much the money title locked up. Although that's not for sure, but it could be, right? So I don't know. It's just, it's, it's this great. Uh, don't forget right. about non risk reward. Minji's got that too. <laughs> just say, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, it slipped my mind. I'm sorry. Let's talk CME group for a second, right? So we're talking about these ladies, the $2 million purse, right? How do you think this plays out this weekend? You're down there covering it, you're going to get into it. Um, who do you think? You think you think Lydia goes wire to wire? What's going to happen? Yeah. Well, now that we're through the first round, uh, it's hard to argue uh, against Lydia Ko because she's always been revealing. And you can even think back to maybe uh, TMI that she gave Jerry Foltz at the beginning of the year when she was talking about realistic things that happen with women and the stuff that does not get talked about a lot. Um, so you got to admire her vulnerability, uh, which very few players are willing to uh, go to. But 
with her getting off to a good start, I really appreciated what she had to say after her first round of, I, I want this. I know what's on the line. And she's welcoming that pressure with ultimate grace. Um, it, it's hard to argue with somebody who plays this course so well. Uh, this is her 10th start. And I think she's been outside of the top 21 time and she's won here before. So also has shot a 62 here. So she has a tournament record. So uh, there's no lack of comfortability on this course. So, I mean, you're a betting man. How could you bet against that? But I think from a feel-good perspective, to start the tournament before I saw the first round, I was so hoping that Lexi would shake off the demons and end the storyline of what happens with her coming down the stretch. Speaking of another American, um, she finally got that win, and albeit it came at the Aramco series to break through in the winner's circle again, and I thought that that would propel her. She made a splash last week at the place that – Unfortunately, uh, the Pelican last year created even more demons, but I would just love to put that storyline to rest, kind of like Keegan Bradley and like figuring out a long putter. When it, when is he going to get back to greatness? Like I would love to put some of these critical, you know, criticism stories to rest. And I was really, I, I had a lot of faith in Lexi beforehand. You know, the Lexi thing, I'm glad you brought that up. I, it baffles me because She's played in 17 events this year. She has four missed cuts, but she has eight top tens, right? So like she's Famine. she's completed she's completed 13 tournaments, and in eight of those, she's finished in the top ten. It's I, I tell you, I, I don't know. I I I I wouldn't want to be your caddy for a lot of reasons, but I mean you could. I mean the highs and lows of all of that have got to be really really hard to deal with on a week in and week out basis. It's just crazy. Uh, yeah, well, not for nothing, but before Nelly won, she uh, had a couple of miscuts leading into it. So uh, I should say Nelly won last week specifically. So that uh, that to me, I don't read too much stock into, um, especially just the way the ebbs and flows, different courses and being under the weather and all the travel. Uh, it, it is remarkable that somebody like Lydia Ko can just be like, yeah, I'm going to play well everywhere. Everything's going to be fine and dandy, or at least I'm going to play as such. All right, let's shift gears for a second. We covered the ladies, but I got to ask you this question. I haven't seen you in a minute, and uh, I know we're both big Tiger fans, right? We've barely seen this guy. Now, all of a sudden, he's taken over his whole birthday month, right? This guy's going to play three times. He hasn't played. He's played three times in two years, right? What's your take on what's going on here? Should we expect big things from the big cat in 2023? Is this a precursor, or is this just hitting giggle stuff in a cart? Okay, so obviously we, we've identified uh, the events with the card. The match is going to be a card. PNC Championship is a card. And those, I mean, we're going 12 holes. We're going 36 for PNC. And Hero, again, a little more casual, no cart. But, um, yeah, so people are, like, way too excited about this. I, I look at it, and maybe I, I get it he has a competitive streak, but – he showed some vulnerability by even entering the PGA championship. And we saw that with that WD and those cold temperatures. Oh my gosh. I was just reliving that and looking at a clip of JT winning. And I was like, Oh my God, I walked that frigid cold course. Uh, I did not know it got that cold in Oklahoma, by the way. Um, especially that time of year. So, all right, you have a miscut in this most recent start, even though it was, you know, beautiful walking over the Swilkin bridge, but of course, the Masters gave us that faith and that hope. But since then, a WD and a miscut. And I know people are like, oh, well, if he only plays the majors, he needs a tune-up. 
I look at these upcoming events in December as more of appearances. I don't think that necessarily he's putting much stock into it, even though that he has that competitive edge and people will say Tiger's only there to win. He can say that as much as he wants, but I'm, I'm not totally buying it. We know that he's shifted in terms of kind of that family lifestyle and kind of putting his arm around guys and mentoring them and that kind of Tiger eye mean streak, so to speak is not so much in full form. So this is probably controversial and I'm probably going to get heat for this, but I look at these three events more as this is going to put more eyeballs in the events that he cares about and put stock into. And maybe we should temper our expectations. Well, I'll tell you the one thing no one's talking about is the bromance that he usually has with JT. And now in the match, it seems like he and Rory are buddies. They're starting a business together. They're doing all these things. Could be controversial. Great point. The alpha and the alpha part B, I don't know what to call it, Rory, uh, which he, of course, I'm referencing when he acknowledged uh, that he was not the alpha in the room when Tiger shows up. Uh, Yeah, that's a great point because I have subtly been thinking about that. Like, huh, I wonder how that dynamic's been working. So uh, that's interesting that you picked up on that too. But And of course, we're media, so we're going to have fun with it, but it probably means absolutely nothing. Well, you know what? I want to let you get back to your media work this week in Naples. But before you go, I have one quick question for you, my good friend. It's Thanksgiving next week. It's been an unbelievable year, right? When you sit down for that turkey dinner on Thursday, what are you most thankful for in 2022, Chantel? Ooh, uh, well, it's funny. I was reflecting on this the other day. I've had, I was on the road for 33 weeks in a row, which was more than any time in my life. And that wasn't like, you know, Monday through Sunday, but I'd be home for a couple of days. And, you know, you and I got to work together for the first time and I tried something new and I was watching some of our clips back the other day and was like, oh my gosh, I was, I was such a rookie and learning so much from play by play and then hopping into the gambling seat, which was brand new to me. And, uh, radio, even having more responsibility and covering uh, majors uh, from start to finish for the first time. Uh, there was a lot of new things thrown my way. And even 12 years into this business, um, you never know when you can't have it. I mean, this time last or this time two years ago, I was working for Visiting Angels because there was no TV work and everything was dried up. And I wanted to uh, invest my time in a place that would actually help people in a very turbulent uh, situation with 2020 and a pandemic happening and a lot of people and elders uh, being abandoned and lonely just given the circumstances. So uh, I thought I would never work in TV again. And it's just, I watched the Visiting Angels commercials on like the very programs I'm on now. And it's, to me, it's, it is very special to reflect because uh, there's very few people around you when times are tough, but then you get to cherish those moments with the people who were there when uh, all of a sudden the fruit starts to come back. Well, I'll tell you what, there's not a doubt in my mind when I sit down on Thursday, one of the things that I will be really thankful for was the time I got to spend with you and the friendship that we've built. (laughs) I knew you were Oh my gosh, Keith. (laughs) Come on now. Beautiful family for me. I will. I definitely will. And you know what? End the season like you started, like a star, my friend. All right. Have fun down there in Naples. And you and I, we will talk and text soon. Uh, you can have Lydia. I'm taking Nelly this weekend. All right. We'll text oh, each other. Wow. Okay. Way to end it on that.
All right, folks, we're fast approaching 4 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. I'm coming back to wrap up today's show with, of course, the weekly update. The Stick and Act Challenge app is available now for iOS. Now, the Challenge app is like no other golf game out there. It takes the focus off of your final score and instead turns you around into a collection of challenges, objectives, and accomplishments. With more than 90 unique challenges to choose from, you'll never have the same experience twice. And if that's not enough, you can also challenge friends or strangers to see who comes out on top. Plus, with an XP system that rewards your successes, you'll be motivated to keep pushing yourself further. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out with the game, the Stick and Act Challenge app is the perfect way to add some extra fun to your golf game. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show on ESPN 920. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. And we are, we're still in Georgia. I get it. Little Zach Brown here. All right, let's have some fun. I got my toes in the water, ass in the sand. Not a worry in the world, a cold beer in my hand. Life is good today. Yeah, life's good. Life is good every day on the Pro Show. And you know what? I'll post the show tonight on all podcast platforms. You know where to find it. You know where you can find me, at least as long as Twitter lasts. You can find me at, at KJ Stewart PGA or at Read the Line. Of course, if you're on the road like me, 920ESPNNewJersey.com, just hit that Listen Now button. And if you want to listen to anything, you want to listen to what we're saying over at Read the Line, hit the ReadTheLine.com, subscribe, because there's a lot of golf we discussed already happening in December, and we're going to cover it all. Back again. I got my toes in the water, ass in the sand. Not a worry in the world, a cold beer in my hand. Life is good today. It's a great day. Life is good today. And I'll tell you what, there, Mr. Wade Weezer, you know why life is good all the time. That's because I play golf with clubs made by TaylorMade. You know what? Over the last 40 years, golfers have inspired TaylorMade to make a lot of great drivers and other clubs. But as we know, all eventually reach their limit. Well, TaylorMade has been hard at work again, making the next generation of clubs for 2023. Because where titanium ended in the past, carbon begins, and I can't wait to see where they build upon the stealth, which was 20 years in the making. You know what? It's holiday season, and for that golfer in your life, you got to do one thing, my friend. Let's head over to TaylorMadeGolf.com. Righteous Bucks. Yeah, our good friend Ryan French over there at Monday Q Info on Twitter. He he brought up a little story here. The Asian tour is not effing around about raking bunkers at Q School in Arizona. And why should they? uh, They should not. A poorly raked bunker is going to set you back three C notes. And here was the sign that was the memo that was sent to the players. Players must ensure that raking of any bunker is done properly. It is a player's responsibility that no bunker is left unraked or badly raked. Failure to rake a bunker properly is an automatic fine of $300. After reading that, most would ask why a fine would even be necessary to get professionals to rake a bunker. But honestly, I'm wondering why the Asian tour has Q school in Arizona. That's a good question. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Better call Larry. Attorney Larry Clayman has lodged the amended class action complaint which claims the PGA and DP World Tour Chiefs Jay Monahan and Keith Pelley, who both sit on the official World Golf Rankings Board, broke competition laws by conspiring to restrain trade. Clayman's lawsuit alleges that rankings bodies 
together with the Tours, attempted to kill off the upstart Live League in its infancy. It also claims that the quality of golf at PGA Tour events has been diluted and destroyed by a deterioration of the talent level. It further highlights a 34% increase in ticket sales for the Players' Championship for 2023, as well as a 10% hike in briefs for the Arnold Palmer Invitational, describing them as super competitive. After (laughs) filing the suit, Clayman said, consumers, that is Florida golf fans, including me, have as much right as anyone to benefit from a free market, which would allow all golf leagues and independent contractor players to fairly compete. But the defendants have illegally worked hard to prevent this. As the PGA Tour and its co-conspirator, defendants will not tolerate honest and fair competition as it will challenge their trillion-dollar-plus monopoly to totally dominate the golf world. Clayman is a former prosecutor and candidate for U.S. Senate. Of course, Wade, Larry Clayman is also representing live player Patrick Reed in two lawsuits seeking a total of a billion dollars against various <laughs> members of the media. Is that all? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think the PGA Tour better call Saul to counter him, right? Wow. Oh man. It just it just it just doesn't stop. Oh, here oh, Pat pulls no punches. Pat Perez forgot his meds and just let it fly on the Claude Harmon's podcast last week. <laughs> Perez gave an early holiday gift to anyone in the media anywhere when he whined profanely about the PGA Tour's stinginess. He called Fred Couples um, I don't know if I could say this word on the radio. Uh, a, um, a, a D head. Um, you could throw in. Yes, exactly. And, uh, and he referred to a comment by Tiger. I mean, how could you call Freddie that, you know, I mean, the guy's like the coolest guy in the world. All right. And then, and then he referred to a comment by Tiger Woods as one of the stupidest things that I think he's ever said, but that wasn't it. Perez also let loose on lives player leader, Phil Mickelson. When it comes to Phil, he said, in response to a question that really had nothing to do with Phil, I have a different hate for Phil than most people. And people won't know the story. And I'm not going to go into the story again, but Phil crossed a line with me that is just uncrossable and unforgivable. And he knows that he screwed up. He apologized for the action, but I cannot forgive him for it is because I've known Phil for a long, long time. I've known the guy forever. And... When he made this action, he had intentions of doing it. He knew it was going to happen before it happened. And when mm-hmm. he did, it was so like, you know, I was hurt for yeah. one. I'm like, how can this guy do this and this and this? It's a shame that Pat is trying to tarnish Phil's already perfect reputation. You know, the world stage is set. A little pop culture news here for everybody. All right. Um, sorry, Wade. This isn't a story about how you get Taylor Swift tickets. All right. Keep waiting in the queue, my friend. All right. <laughs> the World Cup starts this Sunday in a couple of days at 11 a.m. Eastern time when the host country, Qatar, takes, uh, takes the pitch against Ecuador. Team USA plays on Monday at 2 p.m. against Wales. And mark your calendars there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Uh, around the time that we're on during Black Friday, uh, mm-hmm. the U.S. team, they start at 2 p.m. on the pitch against England, the big matchup that everybody's waiting for on Friday. Okay. So with the day off, we'll be able to enjoy that in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, the group stage ends on Friday, December 2nd, and then it is into the knockout rounds. Uh, the final will be played uh, the week before Christmas on December 18th. Um, at which time, Wade, I think about a billion people will tune in to see who wins. So, That's it. Uh, yeah, just to give you an idea of how many people that is, last year's Super Bowl was watched by 98.2 million viewers. Yeah, not even close. 
10 times. All right. Well, that's your pro show update for the week ending November 18th, 2022. Thanks to our sponsors, TaylorMade Golf and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. And thanks, of course, to you when I'm on the road there, Mr. Wade Weezer, taking care of everything at home on the board. You know I love my listeners. So before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about remorse. If you think the price for success is too high, wait until you get the bill for something you regret. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.